You're listening to a production of Swanson Media. This is Sullen Radio with Joe Swanson, the premier art-driven podcast. Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson. Welcome back to another episode of Sullen Radio. My guest today is tattooer Russ Abbott. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, Joe. How are you? Dude, I'm great. You know, uh, it's uh, early in the week and uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk with you and, um, you know, get some... Uh, I'm in this place right now with my, with my tattooing and my art. I'm having a, a really fun time mixing some things that have kind of been um, interested me throughout my whole career. You know, the traditional kind of American style, bold work um, with patterns and sacred geometry. I think that love of patterns comes from seeing Leo Zulueta's work early on and um, the sacred geometry stuff. I've been working with a golden mean caliper and some different tools like over the last year and um, just having fun. And I know that going digital would be something that would help that process along of me, you know, working in these mixed styles. Um, so I wanted to, I'm excited to talk to you about that. And you've been digital for a long time. You, they just had, uh, and involved with, um, drawing on, uh, Wacom Cintiq tablets and, um, they just had a big Wacom weekend. Uh, talk about that. How, what kind of, things that they wanted to accomplish and you're starting to see Wacom very, you know, a lot more in, in tattooing. And, um, how was that? Well, it was awesome. You know, um, Wacom weekend was presented by Guy Itchison and myself and it was, it took place over two days at the hell city tattoo fest in Columbus, Ohio. So I had the idea to try to do a live digital seminar and, or a live digital tattoo illustration seminar and, I asked Guy to join up with me because, you know, he's such an incredible educator and, you know, of course with uh, tattooeducation.com, he's really sort of the hub of, of tattoo education and, uh, you know, it's just a, a good collaboration. So Guy and I teamed up and we reached out to the folks at Wacom and we just basically pitched the idea that what we really wanted to have was a room full of Cintiqs so that artists could follow along with the instruction that we were giving and and get a hand or get a feel firsthand for what it's like to draw on a tablet and you know to use this digital software so it went really well we had a, a really you know a, a good modest turnout there were maybe 25 people in the room throughout the uh the entire two days and um i know that the feedback we got was really positive so it was, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, uh, trying to cram all of that information into two days. And I, I'm sure that really what we were doing was just sort of giving people a menu of things that they could go back and research later and learn more about. Um, but overall, I would call it a success. And I know that, uh, that Wacom was happy with the turnout and with the, uh, the response that we got. So hopefully we'll be able to continue doing more events like this in the future. In, in your uh, experience with that weekend, who was the the artist or, um, person coming to that? I mean, the, the 25 people that who, who are those mm -hmm. tattooers that are, um, have made that leap and are looking for more instruction or are they 
tattooers looking to make that leap over to digital or um, what did you find that it was your audience was? It was a little of both. We had some artists in there that had never, ever used the, uh, the equipment. And, you know, of course we're talking about a minimum of a thousand dollar investment to get your own Cintiq. So, you know, this is not something that people want to just jump into without trying it out. Um, so we had some folks that had never used it before, uh, but maybe they had some Photoshop experience or we had some folks that were already using digital techniques, but maybe they wanted some new ideas and just a fresh approach. So it was a little of both. Mm -hmm. um, I would say I even learned a few things from some of the people in the class. You know, I would I would present a topic or an idea and then someone would raise their hand and tell me another way to do it. And that's really one of the things that's interesting about designing things digitally is that they're are so many different methods that you can use that when you're working with traditional media, you know, you have to follow a really linear sort of workflow. Um, you know, if you you start with a sketch and then you add a piece of tracing paper on top and you refine the sketch and you, you know, you keep building up layers and erasing all kinds of different things until eventually you get something you like. But with digital, you work in layers. So, you know, each layer is a different piece of tracing paper but you can always jump back in time. You can always go back and go back 20 steps if you want to and, mm -hmm. and kind of take a new direction. Or if, you know, maybe you want to just stretch and pull one part of your design and, and play with it, you know, fitting into the other parts in a different way. And all those things become possible once you understand the software when you go digital. So, you know, I would say that it's possible to cut a lot of time out of your design process, but I think really what the reality is, is that once you go digital, you'll spend just as much time drawing, but you'll get so much more figured out. You'll, you'll be able to get a lot more done in that amount of time. You know, maybe it's instead of just having a, a line drawing that you can make a stencil out of, you could have a full color study, mm -hmm. you know, so that you've quickly applied color and you know exactly where everything is going. And that's, I think is was the thing that was the most attractive to me was the idea of, you know, being able to know exactly what the tattoo was going to look like before I ever started. Yeah. It's, I mean, doing that, preparing for the tattoo is, is so important. It's, you know, it's, it's paramount that you have a handle on those tricky areas or you've drawn the thing enough times and, and worked with it enough that you know how to approach it. And I think that's what, I'm excited about moving in the digital direction because I feel like um, things have gotten to the point where even if you want to buy a hundred dollar pen and fuck around with Sketchbook Pro on an iPad, um, you can do that, you know, and, and work with digital, or you can, you know, spend the few thousand dollars and go Cintiq. But it's, I, I just think that it's going to make a lot of this, just like you said bunches of tracing paper and layers and um worrying about oh shit now i gotta move this and erase that and it's gonna fuck up the stencil and it ultimately deteriorates the quality of the stencil i'm excited right. to to get a cleaner process and a cleaner mm -hmm. uh, end product i think yeah like e even if all you wanted to do was to have nicer line drawings uh -huh. i still feel like it would be worth the investment for a cintiq Right. You know, if that was the minimum of what you wanted to use, you could draw everything on paper and then scan it in and do a, a nice line drawing and have the ability to resize that line drawing to exactly how big you want it before you print it out. Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, no, uh, that alone would be enough to make me want to switch to digital. And but I'm right now, there. You know, 
<laughs> and I'm right there with you. I mean, I am at that point where, you know, it would be used a lot for that, you know, that, that yeah. everyday day to day kind of, um, work, you know, yeah. work and, um, then ult ultimately for more custom pieces and things like that as well, you know, obviously mm -hmm. the deeper you get into it, but initially it's going to be, you know, I'll use, I like the idea of being able to just sketch one or two or three layers, um, very cleanly, you know, and yeah. having, having something that's not, um, being smudged and, and, uh, you know, I've texted you about, you know, these fucking eraser bits in my bed and worried about the, you know, <laughs> the, the mechanical pencil bits, you know, falling in my bed. And it's like, man, I wish I had this ability and I do have this ability now with digital and with these tablets and even with an iPad and, and, um, mm -hmm. to do that, to eliminate these problems and, and make the, the work process, you know, and the end product, a cleaner product. Right. Well, you know, another thing that that I do almost with every tattoo that I think is really exciting is I'll take a photo of my client, you know, just at the consultation phase. I might have them stand there and I'll take a photo of the body part and that photo becomes the first layer in my drawing. Mm -hmm. So the next layer in my drawing is my sketch and, you know, I build it up in multiple layers until I've got a complete line drawing and a complete value study. And then sometimes if I have the time or if I feel like I need to, I'll color that value study. I've got a process in Manga Studio that allows me to add color to a value study in, you know, literally five minutes. Mm -hmm. I can do a quick color study of an entire drawing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so it's nothing really to add the color. And if a client sees the artwork that they're getting tattooed on them on their body, I found that, you know, they love to see it. They feel so much more comfortable if there's one little color that they're not so sure about, it's nothing for me to just change that color right before their eyes and let them see, you know, what different options look like. So gone are the days of trying to avoid letting my clients in on the process because now it's so easy to, to let them in and let them kind of suggest changes. And, and if, if there's something that I know won't work, I can show them why it won't work. And then when they see the difference, they'll, they'll turn around and maybe go my way with it. I do think that that showing somebody their tattoo or even a line drawing of their tattoo placed on their body part, or let's say it's a palm sized piece and they're thinking, Oh, I'm going to get it on my bicep. Am I going to get it on my bicep or am I going to get it on my upper you know, shoulder? Well, look mm -hmm. here, we can now place it in both these areas really quickly show you. Um, and even that the impact of showing them that line drawing on their body and a picture of their body is, is huge. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, even street shop tattooers, you know, I think those type of tattooers need to listen the most about diving into this new technology. Cause what's going to set you apart from the next guy down the street when you're pricing out $150 tattoo or a $200 tattoo, when, you know, this person can, you can quickly draw it show them that impact them more, you know, um, mm -hmm. highly with that, with that technology. And yeah. they might pay that price for you then and not walk yeah. down the street and get it for 140 bucks or 130 bucks because you've just blown their mind with, yeah. with it. And, you know, you do a handful of those tattoos and you've paid for that technology and you've paid for it right there, man. And I think that that's the biggest, you know, group of us tattooers that, need to look at this stuff because it need, we need ways to set ourselves apart from the next guy down the street. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a huge factor in salesmanship. My studio is out. There's eight artists, including myself, and five of us are now mostly digital. You know, there's still some drawing on paper that happens, but, you know, there's five of us that have Cintiqs, and we have, you know, we have the bigger ones at home. Um, we have, I have a bigger one at the shop, and then we have some of the smaller, more portable ones. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're going to keep adding them. We're going to keep you know, heading in that direction and, mm -hmm. and continuing to, to let our customers in and make that a feature of the, you know, the ink and dagger tattoo offers mm -hmm. that, you know, we're the shop that's going to let you see a digital mock-up or a digital sure. rendering of what you're getting and, until you're comfortable. Right. Yeah. I think that the collaboration between, I've been thinking about that a lot and <clears throat> um, about to kind of re redo my uh the sullen radio website uh, about portion of me because what i'm thinking as an artist is just that we need to collaborate and you know sullen's got me on that idea of collaboration as well and and it being a collective uh, of ideas and and um i think that as artists we need to do that we need to have that collaboration with the client the most memorable pieces i've i've tattooed the most um have been those times when the client has had their input, but then allowed me to take and, and understood kind of the direction I was going and then allowed me to take it and do my thing with it. Maybe there's a secondary consultation and they go, okay, well, I love this and I just want to change this little bit. Well, mm -hmm. as long as it's something that I can change and it still isn't going to affect the total outcome of the design. Well, yeah. man, you know, I'll do it. And, ultimately they're so much more happy with the piece i'm right. so much more happy tattooing that piece and everybody has you know a much greater um time you know getting tattooed exactly. i think it's important um, exactly i've also seen it make clients comfortable with going bigger because yes. when you you know you're trying to tell them no i think it should be bigger you know but they're they're looking down at their arm and they're looking at the size of it on paper versus when you show them how it looks on a photo of them they can really get a sense for you know, kind of the big picture of what you're going for, you know, immediately they can, you know, and like I said, as simple as moving a, you know, an, an Eagle and a rose from this part of the arm to this part of the arm and Hey, yeah. look, where do you want it? Oh, I can't decide. Well, here you go. Here's mm -hmm. both, both options. Look right there. Yeah. You can see how it's going to look. So, um, it's great, man. You know, what, what else is happening? Um, with, uh, with you, I just received, um, your, uh, Abbott color wheel and that shit is awesome, man. Like Thanks. I, I, I love it. I love the packaging. I love the, uh, there's just enough information in there to make me dangerous. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I used it immediately in some tattoos and some design of, of tattoos and, and absolutely loved it. You know, it kind of, um, cut down on my, uh, you know, I, I sometimes second guess my ideas, you know, and it kind of, um, you know, halfway through, I didn't have to worry about, okay, well, I'm going to put orange there or yellow there. Well, it's already decided I'm using this color. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so it was cool in that way to be able to kind of pinpoint my focus. Um, and I think that ultimately made the tattoos better that I was doing and implementing that, you know, implementing it yeah. into. So, you know, the bad thing it did though, is made me want to fucking buy, I mean, not bad for Eternal Ink because I want to buy every goddamn Eternal Ink there is now. But um, right. such a cool, such a cool thing to to have available to tattooers. And again, something that um, if you're working in a shop, 
anywhere USA and you want to set yourself apart from the guy down the street and stop worrying about that dude and start putting these kind of things in your hands and as tattooers using the tools that are available to us because this is a great tool. Thank you. Thank you. You know, if, if people aren't aware of what it is, what I did was I scientifically measured every color that Eternal Ink makes and I applied them to the standard color wheel model where you have all the colors arranged around a circle. Um, and if you know color theory, there's some insight you can get from looking at color in that, in that format. But I wanted to make it really simple for people that maybe didn't have any color theory experience. So I created this system of masks and the masks have holes cut out in them. And depending on how you have the holes cut aligned, you can see different color schemes right before your eyes because certain parts of the wheel are only visible through the mask. So you have a complementary color scheme, you have a split complementary color scheme, triadic, monochromatic, analogous. All of those are embedded and encoded into the device. So like you were saying, the way people use this is if they know that they want one specific color in the piece, they'll dial that color in so it's visible through the window and then you can look and see what other colors go with that color. And with five different options for color schemes, there's a lot of different color schemes that you can look at before you start a tattoo. So it's another thing that you can also show the clients. And, and I found that, uh, you know, they love to be able to see every color that I have in my cabinet because yeah. before that they didn't know and, and they didn't really feel comfortable, you know, really crossing over that line. And maybe I didn't feel comfortable letting them there. So, you know, this is uh, just another thing that's, you know, enhancing the collaboration between artist and client and, and just helping everyone who's using it get out of their mold and, and try new things. Right. I mean, I think it, it, opens you up to again that collaboration between client and artist and which is ultimately i believe a good thing you know obviously we have to to make the decision as the artist who's who knows the craft you know we have an ultimate decision to make at the end that is this going to be yeah. a good tattoo and is it going to live you know for the yeah uh, the longevity sure. stand the longevity of right. time but well let's take um, skin tone for instance if you have a client whose skin tone is say like a slightly like in the middle as far as value goes. Mm. So what I'll do is I'll say, okay, all of these colors that we have available are arranged on a value scale. And if you see the, the Abbott color wheel, you'll see what I mean. Mm -hmm. So all the lightest value colors are towards the outside and then all the darkest ones are towards the inside. So there's, it's like a target that goes from black to white. Mm -hmm. And I'll find where the, where I think the client's skin value is on the wheel and I really won't use any colors outside of that. Hmm. Like I pretty much tell them like anything outside of how dark your skin is, is too light for you. And maybe, you know, if anything, I might go one, you know, one notch over right. in the light direction, you know? So, and, and then on top of that, you know, I have to explain that you're viewing these colors through a lens of whatever your skin tone happens to be. It's like sunglasses sitting on top of the color. So yeah. but I think, you know, you can, it gives them a, it does, like you said, it gives them a comfort though. And especially right. when they're seeing, um, you've pulled out this, you know, device that looks, you know, phenomenal that it, your product looks great and you show them like quickly, you can show them, Hey, check this out. This is how this works. This is mask. What do you want? Like you have an idea maybe as an artist, and this is what I've done is I kind of want to use a split, you know, complimentary 
uh, mask. On. That that one's right. one of the best ones. You and know, it works for for everything. Boom, really. You move it right there, yeah. and you can kind of point to the color that they were kind of interested in, and immediately they get to see. And I was thinking, you know, this for the other colors, you know, and they immediately get to see that kind of right. play out before them. And mm-hmm. it does. It gets them more excited about the piece. It gets them in kind of into your head a little bit in the direction. And if you're excited about that, I think that's going to bleed over into the into their excitement about the piece and right. make it a make it a much better experience. Again, you yeah. know, setting you setting there's you a, apart. There's another product. You know, with, with the package, you get this gamut mask device that we were just talking about. But you also get a removable vinyl yeah. decal of the wheel that you can hang on the wall next to your station. Um, and really what that is, is that's something you can glance at as you're working. So you can constantly, you know, look up there and kind of make judgments about what colors blend into a, uh, into a gradient really well. You know, for instance, the, uh, the way the color wheel is set up, you can kind of plot a gradient from one color through another to another so that you can create something that goes not only from dark to light, but maybe shifts in hue as it does. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can kind of like mentally draw arcs or straight lines from colors and, and come up with just a plan of how you're going to get from one place to another. And it also just reminds you of colors that you do or don't have, you know, like you said, it makes you want to go buy more eternal ink colors because, you know, if you find yourself always wishing that you had something that fills a certain spot, right. then you know, okay, I need to go order that. That's something yeah. that, you know, you may not have every color, but you know, this is going to show you how you could even, foreseeably come up with your own custom palette and, and, you know, find the, the direction that you want to take with color. Yeah. I mean, it just gives you, it gives you options and, and it, you know, it allows me to quickly go, all right, well, how is this rose? You know, I've done a thousand fucking red roses. You know, I've done a thousand blue roses. I've done a fucking thousand black roses. So how is this going to be, um, you know, how, how is this going to look different if I do it in this shade of blue, you know, or yeah. maybe I want to do it in this lavender with, you know, some of these highlights and yeah. it's quick, you know, it's easy and nice. And I, I really like it. It's something that I've definitely started to use more of in, mm-hmm. and, and it really triggers that thought process of, about how am I setting this piece up from the beginning? I'm thinking, you know, as I'm drawing it, how I'm going to be coloring it and shading mm-hmm. it. And, um, you know, you can almost reference that stuff, early on in the design process and it makes makes even the designing part of it um more complete yeah sure well like to use your example of a rose you know normally we use red in the in the petals and green in the leaves and so red and green are complementary that means they're directly across from each other on the wheel so if you take and use the complementary gamut mask but you shift it and rotate it one direction say instead of red you have a, a red orange then your green's going to become a blue green, like a turquoise, mm-hmm. and you can you can kind of, um, you know, use a, the same relationship of red and green, but just shift it over, yeah. so you can always have the distance between red and green still intact. Yeah, it's, it's man, a really it's, cool tool. Yeah, I dig it. I definitely dig it, and I think again, it's it's one of those things like you know the tablets and and. Um, the pens, you know, that you can use with the iPads and things like that, that are becoming more, um, the price point is coming down, I think to a point where it is reasonable for uh, a street shop guy for definitely a, 
an artist or tattooer who leans their art towards, you know, custom work and things like that, there's no reason you shouldn't be utilizing the tool, you know, now I think. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's exciting, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a cool, cool thing. You just had uh, um, your, a couple other things that you were telling me about the Hell City DVD, the, the, or the seminar that you did with Gunner. That's available now on a DVD. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Gunner and I did a collaborative seminar two years ago at Hell City. And we just came out with the DVD that covers, you know, it's, it's, it's footage from the actual seminar. And um, there's also another disc that's a collaborative tattoo that we did. So we both met up after the seminar and did a tattoo together. And, and, and really, while we were doing the tattoo, we wanted to discuss and hit on a lot of the topics that we talked about in the seminar. So the idea was, you know, a package, a dual DVD set that if you wanted, you could split it apart and both DVDs are available separately. Um, it's cool. You know, it's, it's some of the, 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 it's the best that we could come up with as a way to, to kind of wrap up really useful ideas that apply to illustrative tattooing, mm -hmm. you know, things like all these different kinds of, uh, perspective and tricks to create depth are covered. Um, there's a whole section on line weight and why you would use different line thicknesses for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of really, really cool, just fundamental stuff in this DVD. And of course, it's only available to professionals. This isn't something that we're selling to anybody who wants to buy it. So you do have to go through a verification process to get it. Mm -hmm. But it's not very difficult. You just place the order, and then we you know, check and make sure you're a tattooer. Old school style. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you remember that? You remember like uh, getting that call from like Papillon or National or one of those places, you know, yeah. trying to make, make sure, track you down, like, yeah, sure. Make sure you send that business card and, and it's got to yeah. be legitimate. And they're asking for the manager, you know, does this <laughs> kid work there? And yeah, um, and it's, I, uh, I still think that that's a good way to do it. You know, yeah. I still uh, I like to support suppliers that that consider that their obligation. So, yeah, Dude, yeah. I've had people I can't tell you how many times I've had people um, email me that tried to order just my DVD, my painting DVD or my um, uh, drawing DVD from Kingpin. And were mm -hmm. denied because they weren't tattooers. And this wasn't even tattoo equipment that they were selling them. Yeah. Even just instructional DVDs on art. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah, it's nice to see that, man, that kind of uh, old sentiment. When, you know, that, I was thinking about it as I was preparing for this, man. Um, you just kind of, you built a new shop. It's open now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of built around this new idea of, of technology and embracing this kind of stuff. Did it, did it change? Did all this kind of stuff that's going on right now, did it change the way that you approached building your shop or how you set things up and, and how things play, uh, play out yeah, in the environment? In a couple of ways. I mean, the, uh, I did all the interior design for the shop myself, and I actually used a program called Google SketchUp. And with the help of a, of a friend who knew a lot more about how the program worked. Um, we started with the floor plan that the architect made and we built all the walls and we've put all the trim on and we built all the furniture, you know, two scale models of everything that we wow. were going to buy or that we were going to build. Um, the entire front counter is this really complicated um, thing that we had to fabricate. So we had it, we had a model, you know, down to the inch and I was able to, you know, actually walk through the space 
and <laughs> measure distances to make sure that we have wheelchair access through certain areas and and all that stuff. Um, so, you know, there's a way right there that my my use of digital kind of carried over into the shop. And of course, you know, I knew that I needed to have a space where I could put my Cintiq. <clears throat> so I have this whole little drawing area in my room <clears throat> and we have a separate drawing area with light tables for all the, uh, the analog artists as well. But, um, you know, another thing that is totally new at this new location is the one shot wall. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you about that before, but, um, we started with the idea of, you know, we wanted to have a way to display drawings that all of us wanted to tattoo. You know, it's something that you always see at tattoo conventions where tattooers will will lay out 20 drawings on the table and put prices on them. And, and, and it's a great way to sort of advance the direction of your work. You know, if people keep asking you for what they've seen from you before, a lot of times, and if you have a new direction or a new kind of subject matter you want to try out, it's hard to get people to ask you for that. So, you know, we we had the idea to create a space in the lobby that's a very celebrated space. You know, there's a big sign above it that says one shot wall. It has a metal target with a real bullet hole in it. You know, I, I did a really nice, uh, you know, had an old sign painter create the, uh, the sign for me and you know, the one shot wall itself is all framed out and I had lights installed that point at it. And it's, it's a main feature of our lobby because we don't have any flash up. Um, and it's one of the, you know, the first things that every customer sees and people always check it out. So each artist has a stamp with their name on it. And so once you finish the piece, you cut it out, stamp it with your name and you tape it to the wall. And I'm going to tell you, man, it works. It really works. I mean, it's, we just had a, a one shot wall art show uh, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And so this was the first time that the entire wall was full with brand new designs and people that came to the art show were the first to see them. And I think we, we booked, I want to say like 20 appointments just that night. And then more people, you know, trickled in over the next few days and started snatching up the pieces. I created like eight pieces for the show and I've sold seven of them. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, you know, my next few months is really booked up with things that are already drawn. Yeah. So it's almost like I just get to kind of chill and I don't have to uh, even worry so much about the drawings. Mm Yeah, you know, shit, man, that's like that old school flash hustle, you know? I mean, that's mm-hmm. like guys like Jason Phillips, even back when I talked to him on my first podcast, you know, he said that he would draw um, and paint, you know, sheets of flash to hang in his station to to push the direction of his work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's that, you know, that's a that's a great, you know, it's a great way, man, you know, to, again, use that kind of old style sentiment in a new and fun way and mm-hmm. uh get even the client excited about things you know yeah totally i mean doing the whole custom tattoo thing is is kind of scary for clients you know it's at least when they when they were willing to get flash which in our area they don't seem to be willing to do that anymore you know people are really hung up on it. it's got to be original i can't have anything that anyone else has unless it came from pinterest but um <laughs> when they were willing to get flash at least they could see what they were going to get before they had to do it you know now with custom they've got to find a tattooer 
and convince that person to draw something along the lines of what they were thinking and then cross their fingers and hope they're going to like it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of the time clients don't feel comfortable second guessing the artist or, you know, maybe they just kind of keep their, their negative thoughts about the design to themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it maybe leads to a little bit of regret sometimes, you know, like they wish they would have spoken up and said something about that one part that was bugging them. Um, so I feel like this is a good direction to go in, you know, at least for part of the work that we do, you know, ideally I would like for, you know, half of the new projects that I take on to come off of this so that, you know, it's constantly on me to be, you know, figuring out what my work looks like. And hopefully between the wall and the shop and social media, you know, where I can post designs up to try to sell them, you know, hopefully I can, I can pretty much keep myself busy like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, it's it's uh, pretty exciting, too, to have, you know, the ability to reach out to so many people across the world because of social media and, um, you know, involve them in in your tattooing and in the different projects that you have going on. And um, I mean, you had a great a great project that you just did. I think you went out for a second uh, trip out and did some collaboration tattooing with Guy. Um, yeah. How, talk about that, man. How was that? Well, Guy works in a private studio with his wife, Michelle, and they're in southern Illinois in a really, really rural area, you know, and so they have this amazing house that they've, you know, been obsessively building and, and altering over, I guess, the last 20 years. And then they have a private studio next door that they're, they're actually currently expanding the private studio, so it's going to be even more awesome. But, I mean, we're talking like, you know, there's a lake there it's isolated you know you can see the stars at night and um you know they've got this beautiful garden with a, a fountain and all these different um there's a gazebo out behind the shop it's just beautiful it's just a a totally relaxing environment to tattoo in and be tattooed in so you know it was it was a huge change from you know the the busy shop atmosphere that i usually work in <clears throat> but our client brian geckel who's also a, a tattooer and a really phenomenal tattooer is getting his whole leg done and it's a <clears throat> excuse me it's a uh, collaboration so guys doing his um bio thing to my ornamental thing more or less you know like we're just sort of i, I will draw an ornamental scroll work structure and then he'll go in and make it texturized and and add you know his signature look to it and then there's also some 3d mandalas that are based on some stuff I've been doing lately that are kind of tucked in between like focal points. So this was our third and fourth session on the piece. So now everything but his inner thigh has something on it uh -huh. and um, some of it's complete and some of it's still line work. So we're going to get back together. Guy's actually going to come down to my shop and we're going to do our hopefully final sessions on it in maybe three or four months, something like that, but definitely a great experience. Um, super inspirational being there and, and seeing all that he's accomplished in his career. His house is, is full of these giant oil paintings that are just so insane. It's really, really unbelievable. Mind blowing, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's gotta be inspiring to, to be around those types of individuals who are, who are really groundbreaking in tattooing and, and as artists and are still, you know, doing phenomenal, phenomenal work. Um, did you guys draw a lot of that on? And I know I'm sure you stenciled a lot, you know, a lot of the mandalas and 3d. Yeah. Work. 
Exactly. Was it, a, yeah. was it a mix of that? Yeah, we drew. And in fact, there's video online. There's, you know, some video you could watch on YouTube. I think Tattoo Now's YouTube channel is where you would go to see it, but you can see the entire first day. Very cool. Um, and you can see us stencil certain parts and draw certain parts on. And um, and then the second day was also filmed, but that's a, a paid webinar that Tattoo Now and TattooEducation.com sell. Yeah, that's great, man. Really, really cool. I think a lot, I'm seeing a lot more people do collaborative pieces. You know, it's really fun. I, I'm hoping to, to do a couple this, maybe one towards the end of the year, and then definitely, um, you know, at least one next year um, to, I think it's, it's, it's got to be fun to, to kind of get that, be challenged in those, maybe those areas that you're weak in or that you're mm -hmm. going to second guess yourself you got to make sure you're bringing the A game to the table, you know? Yeah. But the, you know, the other artist strengths are going to make up for your weaknesses. So hopefully, right. you know, at the end of the day, you get, you know, guys said it best. You're looking for a tattoo. That's a third artist. If you get it right, you know, it's a tattoo that can only exist when those two people collaborate. Right. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, getting back to, um, you know, as an artist moving in the digital direction, uh, what can somebody do um, who wants to move in that direction? What are the things that can make them successful when they make that move? Well, I think the first question that we would have to tackle is, you know, what do I buy? You know, there's so many different options. If you go on the Wacom site and look at, say, the Cinti Companions, you know, those are portable. So that might be good for a tattooer because you want to draw it home and then bring it to the shop. <clears throat> um, the Cinti Companion 2 is a Windows-based computer and a tablet at the same time. So you can draw on your computer. Um, the, the downside to that is, you know, it's expensive and it's sort of a closed system. You're forced to use Windows and you may be a Mac person. And, you know, it's, I, for me, I get a little bit nervous that, you know, maybe the computer side of it might not be the best possible choice for a computer. You know, it's yeah. kind of like, I still want to have, I really like my MacBook pro. I did I, see that. Uh, Cause I was just looking at them and it did look like it said it was compatible with um, Mac operating systems. Those, the, I know it said it did run the, either, I think you can get one that's either a windows and then you can get one that's uh here's where, here's where it gets confusing because they have, <laughs> They have a Windows-based PC option. Uh -huh. It's called the Cintiq Companion. Yeah. And then they have a Android-based tablet, which is able to be plugged into a PC or a Mac, but it needs to be plugged into a computer if you're going to use certain programs. So I think what you're talking about with Mac compatibility is it's a tablet. So think of it more like an iPad. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's an Android-based tablet. And because it's a tablet, you can use certain apps like Sketchbook Pro and you can draw on it. So if you're sitting on a plane and you want to, you know, use it in tablet mode, you can. But at the end of the day, for most programs that more serious digital artists are going to want to use, you need to plug it into a computer. Mm -hmm. So what I have is I have a MacBook Pro that's, you know, you, you want to get the the most RAM you can afford and the most memory and just the best graphics product that you can afford. And then you want to pick which size Cintiq makes sense for you. You can get, you know, I think for around 900 to a thousand dollars, you can get 
a Cintiq 13 HD, I believe is what it's called. And it's not a tablet. It's not a computer. It's nothing but just a display that you can draw on. And you plug that into your Mac or your PC laptop. And that's how you can have the 13 inch portable size, but also have your own computer. So you could go that route. And, you know, if you were starting with no computer and no Cintiq, maybe you're spending, I don't know, $2,500 to $3,000 for the computer and the uh, the 13 inch Cintiq. And then, you know, depending on if you want a bigger drawing surface and you don't care about, about portability, you can go all the way up to, uh, I think it's a 27 inch yeah. Yeah, Cintiq right now. So is there a difference in, so going up to that 27, it is just, is it just a bigger display and that's it? Or is there a difference in, if I am comfortable drawing on the 13 or let's say the 22 or 24 is going up, in size, if I'm going to have it at my house, is it yeah. beneficial or is it just kind Absolutely. of the same? Two things. I mean, right now I'm using my 24 HD as a monitor. So yeah. it's upright and I'm, I'm looking at you on Skype and it's a great monitor, you know, so I've got two monitors. I've got my MacBook pro screen and I've got it set up as a dual monitor situation. So when I'm drawing, I can take and stick a lot of things that I don't really need over on the other monitor. Right. And so that's nice. Um, but when I'm ready to use it, I'll, uh, I'll move my keyboard and my mouse out of the way and clear up some space in front of it. And I'll drag it to the front edge of my drawing table. And then I hit a couple of paddles with my hands and pull a lever. And the whole Cintiq comes down in front of the table and I can adjust the angle to make it, you know, basically sit in my lap so I can sit upright. I don't have to hunch over it. Right. I can just put it in exactly the situation that I want. And that's the thing that you can only do with the 24 inch and up models. The uh, 22 inch, it, it will flatten out, but it doesn't come off the front of the table. Yeah. So I would, I would definitely recommend, you know, getting the biggest one that you can afford for your production work, for the things that you're going to really like, you know, for complete finished digital art, a bigger surface is so much better. You know, if it's portability that you think is important, then go with the, uh, the 13 inch model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And okay. So then you got software. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Photoshop, you know, a lot of people it's, it's gotta be the most popular digital drawing software in the world. Um, they sell it as a subscription now. So I think for about, $15 a month, you can, um, you can subscribe to Photoshop and, you know, you're always going to have the latest and greatest updates. Um, and I think Photoshop is great and I use it as part of my process, but my absolute favorite drawing program is called Manga Studio and I use Manga Studio 5. It's like $50 and, you know, with Manga Studio, you have a lot of different pencils and brushes and and um, art tools that you can use that are already in the program versus with Photoshop, you know, finding the right tool for the job is a little bit more tedious. So Manga Studio makes that easy, but then it's got all these things called rulers. And of course, you know what a ruler is, it helps you make a straight line, but Manga Studio has rulers that you can set up to make circles or mm. curves, or, um, you know, you can make a ruler that, draws lines that radiate to a central point. So every line you make, you know, goes right to that point. You can make a ruler that makes every line you draw completely horizontal to every other line. So if you're doing like, 
you know, I'll set it up if I'm, you know, I did a drawing of a banjo the other day and I set up a ruler that allowed me to draw all the frets in completely horizontal or parallel to each other, you know, so little, there's all these little things that you discover when you get to understand what's in the software that you'll be able to use to make your life so much easier when it comes to drawing. What's that learning curve like getting is manga studio something you put on your computer and then you're running it onto you're just drawing on the within it on the cintiq is that correct yes sir yeah that's correct you know it's it's a program and you know you've got it on your computer your cintiq is a display or a monitor that you can draw on so you know without software cintiq itself is is basically useless um but you know, what's the learning curve? I mean, there's some great videos. The, uh, the Manga Studio website has links to a bunch of great videos that um, go through each topic and tell you, you know, the basics of what you would need to understand. Sure. Um, and there's, uh, you know, YouTube has a, has a ton of videos, although I will say that, you know, searching through YouTube for instructional content is a little bit of a goose chase, you know, yeah. because there's going to be stuff that's maybe on an out of date version of the program, sure. you know, maybe the person teaching it isn't really a good teacher or whatever the case may be. Definitely. Um, is, is that a program that you can use, you know, as I'm thinking about it, um, you know, I also think man, it would be a lot easier to design business cards and different things like that digitally, um, you know, where I'm not having to scan them at the end, you know. Um, yeah. Is it something, is it a program that you can use that as well? Because I think that's a huge yeah. thing for yeah, yeah. for tattooers as well to be able to, you know, now quickly design flyers for a guest spot, you know, that you're yeah. doing or that look professional, you know, that look right. Good. Yeah. You can, you can import type into it. You know, it's, it's made for making Japanese manga comments, comics. So it has type capabilities in it. So does Photoshop. Right. Um, you know, so you can use fonts, but you can also, one of the big things is, you know, if you're going to screen print something, they need it in layers. You know, they're, they're so much happier if you can give them line art and a separate layer from your shading and your color. So because you're working in layers, you can output into a format that, you know, any printer is going to appreciate having, you know, everything separated into layers. So it definitely makes a lot more sense to make things for uh, screen printed T-shirts or business cards or anything like that in the digital realm. Yeah, cool, man. That's uh, it's really cool. I I love it. I'm excited to make that switch. I've used, um, you know, both the the Cintiq tablet. Uh, I've played around with that. My buddy Steve Johns is it uses it a lot, and Curtis Gibson down south, um, you know, and and I loved it. I really liked, uh, like I said, kind of how clean everything was, you know. And I've also played with, you know, doing rough initial sketches on an iPad and, and liked that too. You know, I thought that that was, it did have its limitations, but I understand getting the right pen. I mean, I just had your, your basic $5, um, you know, pen, but, uh, but getting the right pen can make a big difference. But even that, you know, even with the shitty little pen I had, you know, open up Sketchbook Pro and you can do some really preliminary sketching and print that off and that's what i did i would preliminary sketch everything out get everything all the shapes there print that off and then go right from there with tracing paper over that and right um so you know there's all different levels of of being able to utilize this technology i think it's it's 
something that's out there, though, and so it's something we have to look at. And I said, again, like I said before, it can set you apart from the, the, next, the next guy and the next artist, and I think that we can use it as a tool to push, you know, our art and, and where the direction of it. So, yeah, well, it's made for me, it's made drawing fun, you know, to where I actually want to sit down on my day off yeah. and, and pull it out and start drawing. Yeah. Um, and you know, after 17 years of tattooing, you know, I think that that's, there's definitely some value in that, you yeah. know, and it's, it's really kind of because there's all these wonderful tools that I find in the software allowed me to do things that I would never be able to to do, you know, just the old-fashioned way. Like sure. I'm doing this stuff, these, these 3D designs now that, you know, the process I'm using to get to them, it's, you know, it's a lot quicker than you might think. And I can produce these, um, what would otherwise be really, really technical drawings that I would have to go through so much trial and error to figure out. Uh -huh. I can pretty much use a digital process and, and create things. And then once I get them, created I can move the lights around on them and see where the shadows fall and I can view it from different angles and and uh you know it's just opened up a new an entirely new tattoo style for me you probably if you've been paying attention you've probably seen a few pieces that I've done that were just totally out of character for me right yeah, yeah and, talk, uh, about, and talk about that man because you know that's cool and it comes at a time where like I said before earlier on I'm really establishing like a mix of these styles in my own work and really falling in love with each piece, you know, design wise and, and application wise. Um, how is kind of moving your work, you know, changed, you know, your approach, has it changed your approach or is it just, uh, um, how are you dealing with that move, you know, moving to these new directions? Well, the hardest part is just having, you know, explaining it to your clientele, you know, it's getting people, that, you know, I, I guess my biggest fear is that people are just going to say, well, I like old Russ Abbott, you know, <laughs> you know, you hear that from time to time. And, and I, you know, for me, it's like, I want to keep loving tattooing and I want to make sure that, that I'm progressing and that I'm not just doing the same thing that I've been doing for the last 10 years. So, you know, I, I struggle with that. You know, I try to try to figure out like what ratio of different styles should I be doing? Like how much should I, you know, if I have the opportunity to, you know, accept or decline certain clients that approach me, like which ones do I, do I accept and decline? And I guess, yeah. you know, the, it comes back to, well, which one seems like the most fun and the least amount of stress, you know, yeah. because I've got all these other things with my shop and my family and all these side projects that, you know, if, if I'm taking anything out of my repertoire, it's, the really, really complicated illustrated projects where I had to go through and do a lot of historical research and, yeah. and try to become really familiar with proper costuming and, you know, set and setting for a specific region or climate, you know, all those things wow. are, yeah. you know, I, I messed with tattoos on, the, in, in the, on that level. And, um, you know, those are the ones that are gonna, you know, you're going to see a lot less of that from me. I, I still want to do tattoos of things. You know, I've been struggling with this question a lot lately. Do I just abandon all that and go, you know, straight into just doing ornamental and, and 3D design stuff? Um, or, you know, do I still try to have a mixture? I'm barely doing any realism anymore. We have two amazing black and gray realism artists at the shop now. So, you know, all the portraity stuff is going to them. If I do a anything that's a an, an actual picture of a person, I'm going to want to do it kind of stylized more, you know, like an illustrative style portrait. 
So I'm still excited to do stuff like that, especially if it has something to do with, a, you know, a, an old country or Western musician or, you know, something Appalachian, some character that, you know, identifies with like sort of the Southern thing, you know, yeah. I'm hoping for more clients that want stuff like that. But um, yeah, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just getting pulled in two different directions and, and I, I don't really mind it. You know, it's just, I, I hope that I can continue to enjoy tattooing for another 20 years and you know, that, that I'll still have a clientele that wants to collect work for me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course, hoping to start doing larger work too. You know, I would love to get to the point where people think of me for their back piece a little bit more than they do now. Um, you know, so there's another direction that I sort of have to, I have to work towards, you know, people aren't just going to automatically go, yeah, he's a bodysuit guy. You right. know, if you haven't done the work yet, you know, you're, yeah, it's you're generally looking to the same artist for that because you've seen what they do with right. that. Yeah, it is true. You have to get and display those, um, your, that capability in your work, you know, to people. Mm -hmm. And that's either, and that's through, you know, photos or, or clients that you've already tattooed that have that work, you know, and you can show them that, Hey, look at this guy over here. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's got a full back and goes down to his, uh, you know, back of his knees. And right. that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking for you. And they go, Oh, okay, well I see it right here and it does look badass, and everybody's hyped about it, you know, but you got to put in that work. You've already put in that work to put, make that, you know, huge back piece on this guy. And, um, you know, people often, I think lose sight of that or they want it to come like, bam, like that, you know, I'm that way a lot of times, you know, and you forget about the stuff that you're going to have to do in between there to really push that and make that happen. So, yeah. But man, I would, I, that'd be exciting. I would love to see some really big work come, you know, coming out of, uh, ink and dagger, man, by you. It would be cool. to <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, me too. So me too. what's, uh, what's next up, man? What's, uh, you got the new shop. What's a, what's a normal, uh, what's a normal week for you like there? Well, I tattoo four days a week, so you know, three days off is nice because mm -hmm. I do a lot of side projects and I have a wife and three kids and um, a home to take care of and all those things. So, you know, it. I feel like I'm still, you know, working as much as I always have, but yeah. maybe tattooing a little bit less and um, putting some of my focus into these other projects and and trying to find just a, a way to keep the fun level up and keep the stress down. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as traveling this year, I'm not really going too many places. Uh, I'm going to Portland for the worldwide tattoo conference. Um, that's October 19th, 20th and 21st. Are you teaching? You're um, teaching there? Yes, I am. I'm uh, I went to the conference and taught in Venice last year and I was lucky enough to be invited back this year. So, um, I heard, uh, Horiyoshi three is going to be Skyping in, wow. um, another, Awesome one. Adrian Lee is going to be teaching a seminar, which is really rare. So cool. um, really, really excited to see that because he's one of my favorite tattooers. Um, he's, you've got uh, Gogway and uh, Nick Baxter. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think Nico's good. doing a Nico. Nico yeah. yeah, Alex DePasse. Yeah, I don't have a list in front of me. Uh, James Kern, Gabe Ripley is going to teach a seminar. Derb Morrison's the uh, the host and the moderator again. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. You know what? That's a, that's Ralph, a good there's a, list I don't know already. how to pronounce his name, but Ralph Nana, maybe you know it. Nana, oh, I Ralph don't know. Ralph Nonweiler. 
Yeah, that's yeah. It. He was yeah, just he's... on the podcast, man. What a that dude's a bad motherfucker. That guy totally, is yeah. so cool, man. And to see the kind of work that he did, it was so exciting for me to talk to him because he's such a friendly guy and he's so open and and positive about what he's doing and he's just putting out such great great work. Um, yeah, you know, and to see where he came. I mean, doing black and gray work that he's doing and and the detail that he's putting into it. Um, it's interesting that it's black and gray for him that he's gravitated towards because you mm-hmm. see his other work, the miniature portraits are all, you know, photorealistic in color. And, um, you know, he talked about it, how he has developed over the last couple of years, this style of t- painting these, you know, three and a half inch tall, um, portraits, um, you know, using all these I gotta kind check of, those out. Oh dude, it's, it's wild. Three and a half inches, like head, head size. And it's, insane detail like he uses magnifying glasses and um Mm -hmm. to to do it you know to do to make all that detail but it's wild man what a great dude um really really amazing artist yeah from germany i don't know if this is the first time that he's taught a seminar or not but you know it's Uh the worldwide tattoo conference is really 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 awesome you know it's it's two, I mean, they say three days, really the first day is kind of like when you show up and maybe they'll have like one seminar that night, but it's, you know, it's two solid days of seminars and they do a, uh, a ticket price, you know, it's something like $950 or something like that. So, you know, if you were to buy all these seminars separately, I'm sure it would be more than that. But, you know, other than the seminars, it's also a chance to get together with, you know, one or 200 of your peers, you know, and it's not only just tattooers, it's tattooers who are willing to pay a big ticket price to go learn. Right. So, you know, it's a certain kind of tattooer that's going to be at that, you know? Yeah, and it's it's like-minded in individuals who are yeah putting that effort out there, and right. those are the type of people to surround yourself with. You know, if you're trying to make that step to um, to a different level of quality or a different level of um, you know business, you have to surround yourself with those with those folks. And um, you know, where where do you look at the the places in your work quality wise that that you want to you know that you want to work on Russ. Cause I see, you know, you, a lot of times I think tattooers look at guys like yourself who are putting out phenomenal work and they go, it just, it's fucking flawless. Like where can he even think that, you know, there can be improvement. Um, where do you look at and how do you approach that, um, idea of always improving when you're, when you're doing that highest quality work? Well, you know, I, I guess I've always been pretty confident with, um, critiquing myself, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, f- I can see the things that I feel like are flaws and I, I constantly try to reassess them. I mean, because I'm working digitally now, I feel like there's a lot less of that regret after I finish the piece, being, you know, because I've had plenty of opportunity to see how it was going to end up and change it. Right. Um, you know, that I, I look at other tattooers that, you know, especially with the large scale stuff. I mean, I mentioned Adrian Lee. He's an excellent example. You know, there's a guy that, you know, just kills it with large scale work. And I haven't really found where I fit in, you know, what my, my signature look would be for a large scale tattoo yet. And, and I hope to find that. So if anything, I'm just, you know, really inspired when I see an artist who has a body of work that's really, really large scale that, you know, is, it's consistent, Mm -hmm. you know, over a long span of time, because that's really what happens when you start a back piece and you don't finish it for four years, you have to still love it. 
Yep. You know, you have to love what you're putting out that you started four years ago. Yeah, man. You know, I talked with Lucky Bastard about that. You know, he does a, a lot of large scale work. <clears throat> and, um, you know, he said that too. You know, you got to really uh, focus on it because you got to like it, you know, two years mm -hmm. from now when you're finishing it up or however long it takes, you know, for right. that, that particular piece. But it is true, you know, lot, a lot of interesting things to consider when you're when you're working out the design of the piece though, you know, and right. what a cool way to be able to do that digitally nowadays where, you know, those guys, like, I don't know how, if Adrian Lee, you know, worked digitally at all back, you know, when he was putting out this body of work that he has been, but, you know, think of, uh, think of if they had that technology back then, what these guys would have done, Marcus Pacheco and Gokwe and, you know, all these guys. So. Yeah. Who knows? You know, there's, so many tattooers that are completely against going digital, you know, amazing yeah. tattooers that are just like, man, I'm, I'm totally terrified of that. Yeah. I, you know, and then there's others that are, you know, getting warmed up to the idea of it, but they're still scared, you know, that they're going to invest a lot of money and not really use it because the learning right. curve is so high. So, yep. you know, I, as far as my, you know, place in this whole thing, I just hope to, you continue putting out some educational content, you know, like basically all, all I have to do now is find opportunities to record my screen while I'm drawing sure, and talk about what I'm doing. So, you know, I've got, some, I've got already, I've got a couple of YouTube videos on my YouTube channel that, you know, you can look at that show my digital process and I'm working on more, like I'm, I'm actively seeking the, uh, the time and the energy to put more on my YouTube channel and then, you know, if I get to the point where I'm comfortable enough, maybe I'll do some some really um, more instructional type stuff where yeah. I'm sitting down and explaining the, explaining all the steps that you go through, you know, to create a drawing the way I do it. And I think that that's really one of the things that people want is that they, they want someone who's a tattooer yes. to show them how to draw a tattoo, yep. you know, rather than, you know, having to look at someone who's a comic book artist showing them how to draw a comic book and then having to infer how to turn that into a tattoo. So, yeah. you know, I want to I want to do that. And, uh, you know, no promises on when it will come out, but I think it will happen. Yeah. Um, and man, that's that is a huge thing to know as an artist like that. I could go and tap into some videos that I can that I can watch. I can walk through them and know the basics of what I need to go do. And then, yeah, I can find out further, you know, through other other training or or just doing my own research, you know, about the the software. But, man, I think that's going to be paramount, man, to, for a lot of people to make this leap over to digital are those, like you said, a tattooer that is, um, that is uh, you know, knows how to manipulate the software for the end product, is, which is the tattoo. So, right. yeah, well, hopefully I'll get that done. I've got a long list of things to work on right now. You're but. always fucking busy, man. Yeah. You're always busy, always cranking them out there. Always good shit, yeah. though. I love it, man. It's um, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Russ. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me back again and give me a chance to uh, to talk about all this crazy stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Anytime, man, you, you can always hit me up and, and we'll uh, we'll get you back on. I love what you're doing. And, and I've I've seen you know, movement in my own work in a positive way by using some of these things that you're doing. So thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you.